good to go when you are, Tom. Oh, I, I hit the button a while ago. Oh, shit. <laughs> We're yeah. live. <laughs> That's why I was wondering why you started talking about something else entirely. <laughs> um, hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> this is another uh, derailed. Uh, fuck. This isn't off the rails. This is Jesus. A, it is off the it rails. It is off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is oh a Voidfarer Uncharted episode, which has in the many ways the same energy as an off the rails episode. If mm -hmm. you're a patron and have listened to our patron exclusive podcast, Derailed Off the Rails. Yeah, no, uh, I'm here with the cast of Tales of the Voidfarer and Tom, who is usually um, pretty good at taking my ideas and making them not shitty. <laughs> so uh, we're here to discuss uh, chapter six, um, which. It feels like forever since we've done one of these Q&A episodes because chapter six lasted literally a year of production. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. The uh, little interlude episode before chapter six was the one we recorded at Con on the Cob. And at the time of this recording, it is the Monday after the following Con on the Cob a year later. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. So we're all still recovering from Con on the Cob. <laughs> How's everybody holding up? <laughs> Good. Okay. Yeah, like this year wasn't. I didn't feel like it, people went as hard, which is a which is yeah. a good thing. I think. Yeah. I think we got it all out on Friday night, and then Saturday yeah. was pretty chill. Yeah. That's and I was drinking uh, Hefeweizens on Friday night, which is basically water, so I felt fine. Yeah. <laughs> like six percent uh, beers, yeah, basically water. Basically Someone water, needs yeah. to do a rap song about getting drunk on Hefeweizens. Someone. 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 What are you saying? <laughs> who that's here a, does a very laugh. pointed someone. I don't know anybody who laughs. <laughs> uh, I would have to know anything about Hefeweizens to <laughs> know what that is. You're basically water. That's all you need to yeah. know. Yeah, okay. Honestly, it's, it's going to be more relatable. Just make it about getting drunk on Blue Man. Okay. You know, I have had... Let me look in my drafts folder here. I've had a thought about... <laughs> sometimes shit just sits in my 2D6 drafts folder for a million years. Here's something that's probably been in there since like 2015. Uh, this one says, uh, a disgusting alcoholic drink like Scissorp, mix of gross shit, Doritos dust and rim of a solo cup. I don't know what that means, but apparently I thought at one point it was good enough to be a whole song. <laughs> so I could probably do whatever this Hefeweizen song is. Nice. <laughs> well, uh, Saker, as someone who works for a brewery um, that just won medals at the Great American Beer Festival. Oh, uh, I feel inclined to inform you that a Hefeweizen is a German-style wheat ale. Why, thank mm. you. That is I also really equally meaningless to me, but I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. They're nice. They're, like, nice and light and crisp. They're, they're pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it a try. <laughs> but, yeah. Um Tanner, what did you do this weekend while we were all at Con on the Con? <laughs> yeah, you all had a great time. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had a wild party uh, after circumstances with my other thing happened. But what I ended up doing was cleaning my house and watching the Green Mile. So hell yeah, Fuck, man, yeah, that's hard <laughs> shit right there. Uh huh. Had your own little con to yourself. <laughs> exactly. Tanner Con. Tanner Con. <laughs> mm. Yeah, put on like the strobe lights and everything, and it's just me on the couch, just watching the Green Mile, just for either that or flipping through channels. That was my. <laughs> I would like to think TannerCon would be a little bit more lively than that, but in truth, that's probably what it is. <laughs> the only thing I know about the Green Mile 
is it has been used as part of a poop joke multiple times. The Green Mile. Yeah. Just tit- titular, like the title has yeah, been used as part the title. of the joke? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's, I don't like the sound Was this not my brother, my brother, and me? <laughs> Actually, I don't think so. I don't even remember what it was. This, is that, this sounds like that one <laughs> segment that Travis does. It does. Where he takes it? where he takes movie titles and makes them no, like No, it's not. Dirty. It's not that. I Whatever like, the as fuck. Soon as Tom said that, I was like, "That sounds familiar," but I don't remember mm. what it's from. <laughs> oh, I think it might be Community. Oh, you're right. I think it it's like a Troy community. and Abed thing where they're like naming movie titles that would make funny poop jokes. That makes sense. Yeah, and they yeah. keep saying the Green Mile. Yeah. Well, I think they only so say well it once. It. But I think there's another <laughs> thing I watched that made the same joke. That's what made it really stick in my mm. head. I, I like how in either context we don't have the actual joke, just Tom recalling that. I mean, that's the joke. It's just the green. They, it, it's literally it. They that's just, the, the green line. mile yeah. and make it a poop joke. It's just like, think about poop and then think about the words the green mile and then you just sort of chuckle a little bit. That's the joke. That's all there is. Huh. That's funny. Thanks. Thank you. It is funny. <laughs> It's funny. It's like it's funny in the same way that the monster is scarier when you don't see it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. it's like whatever joke huh. you're inventing for Green Mile in your head is funnier than any explanation <laughs> I could give you for why that is funny. <laughs> right, right, right. I. So yeah, my weekend was wild, and it, it at least spawned uh, at least a couple of decent jokes there about the Did Green it. Mile. Decent. Decent. <laughs> I don't know. It was at least an interesting conversation. <laughs> was it? <laughs> we got to we got to hear Tom talk. I think that go. that was that, that is was the most what important. We got which, to, which, to be fair, is always a treat um, ah. that our listeners don't often get to hear. That's true. So, That's true. Unless they're patrons, go to patreon.com/slash/project derailed and hear Tom talk about whatever. In our it's a lot like this. This is a bad self for yeah. being a patron, but you get to you get yeah. to get a podcast. You get to pay for a podcast where Tom explains something that he half remembers, a joke or a meme or something that he half remembers, <laughs> and we're like trying to like fill in the blanks. I'm this not is, kidding. This is something we do regularly. It, it's practically it should, a segment. I was gonna say it should have a name. You guys should have a little theme song for it. That would be fun. Oh, it's called Tom Explains Memes. That's what we call yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It does have a name. Holy yeah, shit. It doesn't, okay. have, it doesn't have a yeah. theme song. Yeah, we'll have to add those. <laughs> yeah. So Tom, yeah. 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 it would guy. probably be like the Jaws theme. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, you're the music guy, Tom. You can make this a reality. I know, but that sounds like work. <laughs> uh, so, do we want to actually talk about Void Fair? Yes. Yeah, we probably yeah. Sure. Give the Why people not? what they this. came Put here it out for. Of misery. Let's I don't do know it. what they came here for. Oh, that did remind me. Maybe we should, uh, <laughs> since, since we were talking about Con on the Cob, Marco received a compliment at Con on the Cob because we had <laughs> our banner did. there. And also Saker. <laughs> it was like a combo, like Marco the character and Saker the person. It was compliment. very strange. It <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was just a witness. I just happened to see this interaction go down. Was he talking to me? Yes, he was talking to you. Yeah. I was sort of drunk. Um, but uh <laughs> somebody said well, to I was me talking that, there too. I was the one who actually started the exchange. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Okay. Um somebody was looking at the the uh Tales of the Voidfarer poster at Con on the Cob that we put up every year. And um it had he was trying to guess which character was mine and he thought it was marco because marco was suave and debonair 
and handsome and handsome. and handsome and handsome that's right so number one i mean he thought <laughs> that if i made a character i would have made i don't know if he was saying like an in your own image thing or he was saying like that's what you wish you were but no, he's missed me completely because I play the shithead penguin. Like that is clearly my brand so much more than uh, suave and debonair. Also, Marco is as far from suave and debonair as you yeah, can Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the judgment call based on the artwork. It's true. Yeah. It's true. See, I'm glad that you all now told me this because I just got prompted before we started recording that somebody called Marco Swab and Devonair, and I don't <laughs> think they're listening to the same podcast because those are <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> the two words I would not use to describe my own character. Oh, he he had just he had never heard it. He was just looking at the poster and trying yeah, to figure out which one was solely me. on the poster. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, in this case, I had actually told him like Saker plays this bastard here. He's like, oh, I would have figured you'd be like the suave and debonair oh, one. Was that it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So here we're we talking about. We, might, we might have had a few drinks, so we're all sort of trying to triangulate what yeah. actually yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> Going back through all the of us, all of us vaguely remember a conversation. That's what this segment is called. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, if we put enough memory crystals into the thing, the memory will have a higher <laughs> yeah, fidelity exactly. when we go into it. It's, You're right. <laughs> the lore of the world that I've established. Uh, <laughs> I, I was wondering if it was the hair, though, that he was thinking. That might be. Oh, that makes the most yeah, sense. Yeah, it was the yeah. hair. Yeah. I mean, Marco got some hair. Like, Saker is famous. Saker also blonde. has some hair. <laughs> Saker, yeah, yeah, Saker has blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> it's approaching blonde. That, that is a joke you will only get if you know what Saker looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that I am bald. uh all right i'm gonna try and uh course correct here yeah Yeah. try to right the ship as it were so um i have a bunch of questions from our listeners from Mm. uh from our discord if you're not on our discord you can go to projectreal.com slash discord uh to hang out with us and share memes and shit posts constantly because that's that's (laughs) the discord um so we have a bunch of questions from our Discord and a couple from Twitter um, that I have put on a chart that we're going to roll on. But first, mm. I have a question from at Nick underscore Yurisiva on Twitter. Ew. You guys enjoying the adventure so far? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. God. <laughs> Continually Jeez, putting us on blast. Uh, yeah, I love it, Nick. It's great. Wow, <laughs> what the fuck are we supposed to say to this question? Uh, <laughs> what, what did you say, Tom? I said, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that rules. But no, I just, just figured this is the time to, uh, like, just chat, get everybody's thoughts on, uh, on stuff. And yeah, general, get all my uh, friends on the record. On the record. Paying their having fun. On my DMing skills. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I, I like it. I'm having fun. I'm having a blast. I yeah, think it's course. really good. Um, I mean, you could tell me I suck here, and I'll still leave it in. Hmm. <laughs> You'll leave it in, but you'll kick us out. Yeah. Yeah. And then Cliff gets to on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. We've only been playing this game for three years. Just a just a sign that we're all replaceable, really. Yeah. <laughs> Always have been. But I will, I guess, like start off by like seriously saying, yes, I am enjoying it so far. Because while this session did, or I guess this chapter took a very long time um everything is now kind of clicking into place it's that nice part in the story 
where like all the pieces are falling together and you kind of now like can see the trajectory of where it's going. So like, I like the fact that Voidfarer is really picking up, you know, uh, narrative wise. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's as intended. (laughs) A good summation, honestly. Um, Yeah, it's it's lovely that we finally, you know, uh, clicked the the meta plot into place and we understand what's happening now on a grander scale. And that's, uh, you know, it was a fun ride up to here. And I'm excited to see how it goes. That pause was just long enough for me to think like you're going to say, well, it's going to suck from here on out. There's only <laughs> only down from here. <laughs> oh, that pause was just long enough for me to decide which of the two paths I wanted to take. <laughs> <laughs> which which branch of the dialogue tree? <laughs> yeah, I chose paradigm this time. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be so lucky next time. Ooh. <laughs> I'm on thin ice. Yana, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. do you have anything to add before we go into some questions? Gosh, it's yeah, everyone I think said it uh really well. Um I've had so much fun, I feel like growing with everyone as like creatives though, also. So I think that like from where we started to now we're in like such wildly different zones and like, you know, we like I don't know, we like work really well together as a little like uh like team to make this show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so nice of you to say. I'll give you your 20 bucks next time I see you. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold you to it, Nicholas. We have that on record. If you say something nice enough, you get paid. <laughs> I do. I remember, God, it must have been four years ago at Cut on the Cob, uh, Tom just drunkenly telling me at what must have been the Rogue Cthulhu party uh that like he had this idea for a podcast well you had an idea for like a fucking chat room for a podcast you were very excited about how Uh, the uh the the, like chat room would work and i was like this sounds really cool so you're gonna do like a custom D &D chat room and that fell apart i think within like two sessions but this podcast came out of it which is very cool yeah (laughs) so yeah i don't remember those details at all but no that was yeah i don't remember that there's a conversation happening at we started, yeah. didn't we start with like a, a special site that we all had to log on to at some point? Yeah, because that's when we were, oh, yeah, we, we tried wanted to get to the do video, that, yeah. but we really hated the existing solutions for it. This is also kind of like pre-Zoom taking over the world. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. You kind of just invented Zoom now that I'm thinking about it. Like a crappier Zoom, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it did work. Awesome. I, I yeah. should have kept at it. Yeah. <laughs> That was so long ago that I forgot that that was even a thing. Yeah, I yeah, don't Tommy remember. made your own custom thing for that. Yeah, yeah, uh, I remember that we had to go to like a weird like link, and it was it was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. and it was super annoying. And this works a lot better because <laughs> that that was like yeah. But Tom, now... if you would have kept at it, that would have been like the thing for the pandemic. You know, true. Yeah. Well, oh no! It. Did you hear it's the regret really. in his voice? Um, but. <laughs> No, I remember now. The real thing is, I was really working on it for like, because we were trying to do a lot of streaming around that time. And it's incredibly annoying with the existing stuff because you'd set up the stream and then someone would bop out of the call and your whole thing would just get fucked. So I had the idea. Oh, I think I am remembering this now. Yeah. So I had the idea of like creating my own thing so I could just like put people's faces where I want them. And then if they left and came back, they would like come back in the same spot. So I wouldn't have to like, frantically rearrange everything to make it work <laughs> but then we just yeah. decided streaming is pretty annoying and mostly right. yeah. stopped doing it <laughs> or at least me and tom decided that because 
Nick and Chelsea still talk about doing it sometimes. They can have fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's a fun idea in theory. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah doing, I appreciate like that other people stuff. like to do it, yeah. but doing art stream yeah. stuff is something I still want to explore, but it's, uh, it's definitely a commitment. Yeah. And especially with like a larger group, it's just a much, it's just so easy for it to get thrown out of whack. Like if someone has to drop, you can't just like, be like, okay, take five, everyone wait. Like, it has to be like, we're on live, make a show. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Be entertaining 24-7 yeah. for the whatever long you're recording for. That's yeah. how time works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. you re- it's not the Truman Show, Nick, when you stream. You don't have to. Uh... <laughs> have you seen the you hours some of these people put in? It <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe so. Maybe so. Gotta yeah. get on that grind set. Huh. <laughs> on that note who wants to roll a d20 for me uh, i'll do it yeah a 19 19 okay uh this is a question from nort on our discord nort. um and nort asks what is your character's favorite soup and for <laughs> me what is val's <laughs> uh, god what a fucking specific question um <laughs> I know my answer. Well, go for yeah. it. Tortle soup. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. It was there. Tanner. It's the low hanging fruit, okay? We have this. All right, we got the tortle soup joke answer. Right. And we don't have to do it again. It's it's done. <laughs> or we do. He's warning us before we all jump in on it. <laughs> this is how I get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll take I'll treat the answer I'll treat the answer seriously in a second. I swear. <laughs> I feel like Ravnus would like sort of like a very hearty like meat stew of some mm. sort. Oh, I feel like it would be yeah. spicy too, like, don't you think? Why? I don't know. It just feels like what Ravnus would like. I don't know, you would know better. Mm. I don't know why I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure it would be spicy, but I feel like it would be just like a very very like filling and like Campbell's you know chunky. just sure yeah just <laughs> like a like a stew sort of thing uh-huh, i think that uh-huh. that's what she would like um i'm going to say that flapwing likes gazpacho really uh, yeah it's oh. a cold it's a cold soup so it is kind of like uh maybe a native dish uh for the doar folks but it's also a tomato soup which is a fruit uh, so I think that, uh, you know, you oh. also get a little buzz on from some gazpacho. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like a, it's like a Bloody Mary almost. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little I bit. do enjoy a good great. vodka soup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't? If you could have some savory uh. vodka soup. I, that's We are describing Bloody Mary. Yeah. 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 You are. This is the new as a hot dog, a sandwich, as a Bloody Mary, a soup. Yeah, right. <laughs> By this logic, yes. Yeah. <laughs> For my serious response, I think that Marco would be a big fan of butternut squash soup. I think it feels homey. It feels mm, kind of, yeah. Good answer. Yeah, nice, lovely, kind of relaxing. And I can see yeah. him pouring over the books and whatnot with his butternut squash soup on the side. Mm-hmm. For Val, um, this is hard for me because I'm just not that big of a soup guy in general. Brother, um, yeah. we've had this yeah, we're on the, we've, we've had this Discord conversation. Sick and I are on the same page. Um, <laughs> But I, but I will say, um, 
I guess I'll I guess I'll rep the Youngstown area and say Val's favorite soup is a wedding, wedding soup. soup. Wedding soup. Okay. Yeah. Tom, Why? what's Coot's favorite soup? What's Coot's I'm favorite soup? Kick, kicking to Tom, just yeah. Just so Tom can feel like looted. <laughs> um, Coot's favorite soup, probably like a minestrone. Oh, love a minestrone, so good. Saker, I don't like soup. Yeah. Blackwing. <laughs> yeah. Minestrone. <laughs> minestrone might be the only soup that I'm like, no, that's not true. Because I like stew. I don't know. Like, what's a, a chowder is not a soup, is it? A chowder would be a soup. Technically a soup. All right. I love a thick soup. Minestrone might be the only thin soup I like. Thick okay. with three seeds. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, that's that question. Um, <laughs> someone else roll me a d20. We'll, we'll keep this ball rolling. I'll do it. Do it. Uh, that is a one, baby. One. <laughs> Which question sucks? Did you decide, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> no, I put basically all the questions pretty randomly distributed across, but one in 20 were both uh, uh, hand-picked. And mm. one is uh, from at Boy on Twitter. Of each of the characters and maybe some NPCs, who has the biggest kick? This is for fan art purposes. Yeah. So I, I actually saw this question, um, not because I was like looking for the questions, but because Cliff tagged me in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did do that. <laughs> Which I love that energy. <laughs> well, we, we, we kind of had this discussion privately when you forwarded this question to us a little early, Nick, because you were so happy with it, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it uh, made me laugh. <laughs> I had to share. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I will rarely you know to my own character's horn but i mean i think i mean flapwing has an ass i think it looks great i think it's fluffy and i think it's yeah. like you know plump and plush and yeah. his, uh, little penguin tail he's a stout little yeah. guy he's got some ass back there I, yeah I, my first thought heavy. was also luck beak that luck beak <laughs> had a dump truck ass <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah he does i concur it's just fact who has, who has the least kick, and why is it Marco? <laughs> Ooh, see, my gut said Ravnus. Oh, uh, Ravnus squad. Ravnus has, Rav, Ravnus has a flat ass, in your opinion, Fiona. <laughs> yeah. But everyone well seems to disagree, so what do I know? <laughs> I just think, I... Don't, don't you, aren't you like a jumper? Don't you have like Jedi jumps? Yeah, but those are like psionic jumps. So mm. that's like part of magic. Oh, that's fair. So she's got I mean, cake in her brain. Can't we? We can. We can all agree that the person with the least cake is Scriv, right? I mean, he's yeah, pretty, he's I, truly scared. flat. Yeah. Unless somebody yeah. made him like that Mothman statue, which that's is true. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, Scriv has Scriv definitely has no ass, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just imagining it because Ravnus wears a lot of armor that you wouldn't be able to tell super well. But I don't mm. know. I. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is Marco. Um, Marco <laughs> is like canonically very lanky, very like very skinny kind of guy. So I don't think he would have much of one. Um, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I think if we're talking about the three of us, I immediately think Marco has zero cake. Saker has most cake. Fiona middle cake. You I guys like hate people. Not Saker your and Fiona. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sorry, sorry. All right. Let, um. <laughs> yeah, if we're talking about it in real life, that's an entirely different story on who's cake. But yeah, okay, Ravnus, middle cake, um, flap wing, extra cake. 
and Marco no cake. All right. Speaking of real I, life. I, I will accept this in real life. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of real life, uh, Nick took a picture. For those of you who have not seen a show for my band, I do take my pants off for the last song. I'm just there in my underwear. Nick, you took a picture of me in my underwear and you put it on the Discord and you said that I have cake, which it is the flat. Like, I right, yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> you, t- you, it was a real bad picture of my ass. <laughs> Just a really awful. Uh, so I guess I'm in last place now. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> the world had to see. The rest of the Discord server needed to feel included in the moment it's that true. the rest of us was having. It's funny because M posted just like a selfie that I took and sent to her. And I was like, what the fuck? Take that down. And you posted my ass. And I was like, cool. That rules. <laughs> <laughs> These things all just like predicate on people knowing what we look like in real life. But we got to keep the mystery alive, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> for us personally. Uh-huh. Except for Nick, just like confirming for Saker, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to get on that Discord, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I think that puts that question to bed. So I think I need another D20 roll. And I am adjusting the numbers to like take out the uh, ones that we've done. Sure. All right. I got this. <laughs> so, like, the numbers that have been rolled get reassigned to be included in. The range of Nicholas Hollis through. <laughs> yeah, yes. I got a 14. 14. All right. Uh, this is a question from our Discord user Stinger. Um, thank you for the question, Stinger. And Stinger asks, uh, how do the others feel about Flapwing's dragon killer persona? And how how far has Flapwing moved from his original dislike of fighting and his promise to the gif, which I assume is luck yeah i would assume so i don't remember what i promised him do you remember i don't think it was a promise so much as like Locke was showing you how to use like the gun for more than just killing and yeah yeah which makes sense just, i mean do you want me to start or do you guys want to start? I, yeah well uh, the first part of the question was how sure. how do you i guess how does ravness and flapwing uh Rav- sure. or, ravness, how does ravness, ravness and marco, marco feel about <laughs> uh flapwing's uh affinity for killing mm-hmm. dragons it seems Mm. I think Ravnus is happy that uh, Luckbeak seems like he can finally take care of himself. He's pulling his own weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think that she's like constantly like she's like kind of nervous about them um, <laughs> being fair. able to like stay alive. Um, so I think that she's like happy that he's he's able to do this. Um, me as the player, I'm like, God damn it like that should have been mine no i'm just kidding um but no i think that she's like happy to maybe kind of neutral about it because she sees like the whole adventuring thing is just so much a part of the lifestyle um but yeah the adventuring culture (laughs) i just had an important thought that i need to get in the episode while it's topical do it which is the joke occurred to me set up how does Cal Matt Mercer um, do like kills in his tabletop game? And oh, the answer you, is that he asks, how do you want to move this? Thomas. All right, moving okay, on. on. Thomas. Wait, 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 wait. Now we need to stop down from the stop down to ask the following question, which is, that was worth a stop down? <laughs> I, I would like to point out the fact that like Tom had to say, set up. Colon, yeah. 
<laughs> the setup for the joke and then punchline colon yeah the punchline oh, no i sort of made a resolution a while ago that i have like these weird thoughts that i should just toss them out there and see how it mm. goes for a while so there you go you're welcome yeah. it's out in the world thank now. you those are how called you intrusive thoughts you need to see a therapist about that thought about, that about cow matt mercer yeah. <laughs> listen that's you guys on our podcast yeah. i guess yeah now, Tom, I found it lovely. Thank you, Tom. Aww. I'm glad someone's um, my friend here. <laughs> Listen, I'm always here for bad puns, so <laughs> I go hard for them. Uh, Why wasn't I, it, how do you want to move this? Oh, that'd be good, too. Oh, fuck. That is I don't better. mean to, uh, I don't know. <laughs> now, now we're just better is relative. Relative. <laughs> <laughs> Better is incredibly relative. Better technically. <laughs> no, the original was not good. <laughs> Anyway, so how about okay. those dragons? Yeah. Okay, uh, so Marco, how does how does Marco feel about Flapwings? Um, dragon? yeah. Okay, so um I guess the first the first thing that whenever you asked the question that popped in my head was just statistical and probability. Um mm. so I guess that's how Marco kind of sees it at first, just like, huh, that's odd. That shouldn't happen. As in um especially cuz knowing um how Flapwing like really feels about like ending lives and whatnot. Um, but over time, I think that he probably sees it more as kind of like a moment of growth kind of deal. Cause I know that like, he knew that, uh, Flapwing was thinking about that a lot, um, back on Vizier and now here. So probably goes straight from like, well, that's weird to, you know what? Good for you, Flapwing. I'm glad you're coming into your own. That's sweet. That's nice. I like that. How does Flapwing feel? about all this wanton violence well first let me say cow moo moo vermont to moo swiss cheese Ew. is that anything my nose is bleeding <laughs> <laughs> for whatever it is just took some psychic damage from that one. <laughs> truly I I totally ignored Tanner's answer, trying desperately to think of oh, no. every word in that sentence. Um, I Glad don't it was remember. moving if he didn't hear it. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Tanner. Um, okay. I I don't remember whether it's something that one of three things: either it was in the episode, or we cut it from the episode because it was like table talk more than role playing, or just something in my brain. But when when I killed the dragon the first one at the very least me like having an existential crisis in character about it being um a monster but a sentient monster like mm -hmm. one that can was that in the in the podcast I think, yeah i think that was in there yeah uh so i think luckbeak is still uncomfortable with it but understands that there's a line in the sand between murder and self-defense right um and I, there probably is more to mine in like, you know, was that even self-defense? We were on their land and like, it's their place and whatever. Um, but at the same time, that is kind of fucking butting up against the fact that he killed a dragon, which is a feat that, you know, so few adventurers period accomplish, right? So mm. it does make him feel like a fucking cool guy. Mm -hmm. um you have merrick there gassing you up over it too yeah yeah so i think there's a lot of conflicting emotions going on with the character um i i don't know it's 
I think, hard to play a pacifist in D&D. And it's also, like, a weird, like, old guard versus woke cliche mm-hmm. where you hear, like, old guard D&D people be like, well, what are you not going to, like, kill or hurt people? Like, but I do think that there's a very real, you know, yeah, you're not going to hurt people. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, to- it totally makes sense. However much of a cliche or how trite it is, is like, yeah, we want to make characters that like reflect parts of our lives that we find interesting. And I don't find, you know, you know, wanton violence or or mayhem super interesting. Um, So I-, I wanted to make a character who struggled with, you know, stuff like that. So I do feel like it's kind of, hmm, for now me, it's, it's also kind of uh, uh, towing the line of like, is the character's concept changing or is it? Uh, or the character's concept is changing. Is it natural or did I just sort of forget that he was a pacifist? So I don't know. It's something that I have to feel out in game. I think mm-hmm. I'm not in the right headspace to uh, to think about it at the moment, but it is interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's a, a an interesting space to play in um, because yeah. I, I think it's totally valid to be a character that's thrown into these circumstances and has to grapple with these ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's perfectly valid and it's also perfectly reasonable for flapwing to have not have thought about it that much recently but maybe like time on the void fair and back on the dear anchorage may have time to reflect on it and right. have some stronger thoughts and opinions right yeah exactly yeah i mean we've been playing this chapter for a year but <laughs> only about a week has passed so not yeah. I, I think it's uh i don't think it's uh a matter of it being unrealistic that like the develop the the way the character is changing is unrealistic. It's just so little time has passed right. that you haven't had a chance to process anything yet. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really interested to see where where Flapwing goes with that, and uh, I'm sure there'll be more interesting moral quandaries on the horizon. I'll also put out there that I've definitely felt that with Flapwing, the more he bonds to Marco and Ravnus, the more his morality becomes very kind of lived in rather than, like, an abstract thing. Because I think that for Flapwing, like, he starts off very disconnected, and he has, like, a sense of morality, but it's pretty, like, abstract in some ways. Yeah, But now there's, like, a lot more on the line, and he has to, like, decide between, like, principle versus the people he cares about. That's, like, hard for anybody, I think. That's a great way to put it. I love that. Mm -hmm. He always wondered. Tom solved my character for me. (laughs) (laughs) Tom chiming in with either very cursed jokes or (laughs) very good insight. (laughs) That's the one or the other special right there. (laughs) That's true. Every time I open Uh my mouth, a coin is flipped. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. Well, I think that answers that question. Uh, Somebody roll another D20 for me. I can do it. Do what you want. Three. Three. Um, I'm really bad on this one. <laughs> uh, three is from our friend and Discord user, Maeve. Maeve asks, oh, this seems like it's a question for me, and Tom can chime in as well. Oh how does it feel to have the plot come full circle, and how much did I have to adapt on the fly as the party veered from what was expected? Um, tackling the first part of that question, it feels incredibly good because sovereign mind was always the villain from the very 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 beginning and it was always the intent that 
it was doing mind fuckery to hide anybody knowing that it even exists. So that meant that the entire first half of the campaign, the main villain of the campaign is unknowable. Um, so everything finally falling into place for the characters did get to a point to finally learn definitively what they're dealing with and uh, all the clues that they've picked up along the line. Um, you guys are finally able to click them all into place and know the stakes and who you're opposing um, is huge. Um, so excited for all of that to finally get revealed. Um, and on top of that, the fact that you fighting the beholder was not actually what happened was the planned from the beginning. Um, even that episode, a trick of the eye, which was meant to be a, um, a playoff of the fact that it was a beholder, uh, was chosen because it was a trick that didn't actually occur. And the intent was for the episode in which what actually happened was revealed, um, was always intended to be named a trick of the mind. So lots of long, long con stuff. <laughs> so it's super cool that that to fall into place and finally be revealed. Um, as for how much I had to veer, um, not that much. Um, the details of a lot of things kind of were fleshed out as we went. And the whole ritual thing and everything uh, with that was actually devised as a way to start pulling the party closer together. Yeah. Um, and that has grown to a huge major plot point. Um, yeah. Yeah, there are actually a few elements that were not really part of the original setup, but were added because they solve certain like gameplay problems, but also really made the story a lot more interesting in really cool ways, which does like go to show the way that sometimes just like introducing complications into it and then thinking that through can be the source of a lot of fun. But like Nick said, mm -hmm. the like the team team up powers were put in because we were feeling we needed something to like help draw the three together a little bit more tightly and give them and a the fact that those coherence. and the fact that the source of those powers was mysterious yeah. was also something you guys had this collective mystery that yeah. linked to the three of you yeah and another one that we did come up with a little later was how encompassing like the mind white powers are and I hope I'm not giving away too much here Nick you can take it out if I am but part of what we wanted to do is we were starting to feel that we were a little bit too much like getting sent on missions by Val. And we wanted to start giving the player characters more agency. And to yeah. do that, we needed to give them a reason to like kind of team up and make their decisions. And we mm -hmm. realized that by giving them information that they physically can't share with anyone else, it like forces them to take the reins a little bit um, and like become like, Ha like have a lot more agency over how the story is playing out than they had previously. Yeah. And I think that worked really well. Yeah. You can't just tell Val and then wait for her to tell you what to do. Yeah. They had to like, kind of think about it, which led to a lot more investment in what was going on. I think both from like mm -hmm. the player characters and the players, but also I hope for the audience who like feels more and more like these are the adventures of Marco Ravenous and Flapwing, not like, Val is like Captain Kirk sending the red shirts on away missions. Right. <laughs> yep. That's interesting. I hadn't considered all the, the thought that went into, you know, making it more personalized and, mm -hmm. and why you guys went the route you did. Yeah. Uh, because like early on, like we, we very actively were like, 
what's working and what's not working and what mm. can we what yeah. what knobs can we turn to to like you know direct you guys mm. you know to get like the cohesiveness that we wanted you know like that sort of thing and by introducing things to the environment that encourage that that direction is a cool way to make that happen and yeah. is a, a great way just in any any game you know so like dm's listening to this that's a great way stuff doing stuff like that you know if your party's not getting together you can give them a mysterious reason that they have to work together something personal to them you know and you know if there's if you're worried about them running to npcs manufacture a reason why they can't you know it's yeah by by placing up barricades you can direct the players where they want to go yeah and so you guys have been manipulated the whole can, time like, it's definitely a knob you can turn up and down because like early right. in the podcast we were actually doing the opposite thing where yeah. um because we were all pretty new to podcasting and we wanted to make sure the product was like pretty entertaining nick and i started with the philosophy that we are going to make it overall more linear than we might make our home game um which i do think helped get the podcast like kick-started um, but then as we all settled into it more, we're like, okay, we can feel more comfortable opening up. Though it's still definitely, like, more linear than it might be. Mm -hmm. I think it's um, it's fallen into a pretty natural place where I think a lot of D&D &D games naturally sit. Yeah, where so. it's not fully open world, but there's a lot of diverging path. Yeah, yeah. Diverging and converging path. So. Yeah. There's still choices to be made and um, you guys still have an agency, but you're not it's not as open as like a game like Curse of Strahd where you can just like I'm going to fuck off to Kresk for reasons, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's uh, definitely more guidance there. And it's not like a hard railroad, especially because our players aren't like oppositional, like they're not trying to fuck it up. Um, like you guys were like teaming up and working together. And I think that you guys trust Nick to kind of like, you know, when he like starts laying out the Reese's pieces, like you like can follow along and know that he's not trying to screw you or something. Yeah. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> It'll at least be fun no matter what. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, that's the, the peak under the hood. Nick, it occurs to me that I don't think we ever talked about the fact uh, that oh, maybe it was at the beginning of this arc because it's been a goddamn year but um that i i wanted to uh kind of leave luckwing or uh flapwing behind a little bit mm -hmm. uh yeah we so, had that conversation yeah so that that was a little bit of a um i mean not so much a divergence because i think at the beginning of the arc i, I said basically like i don't really know what he can do at this point like where his character can really grow from here and additionally because i think last arc left off with like your family needs help and right. so i was like i, I truly think that he might just like find a way out and get out. And you were like, ah, I think that you can still. So, I mean, not that it's a divergence from your path, but right. it was a divergence for me as a player to be like, I have to remember that this is a podcast in some yeah. ways yeah. and not a home game. Right. And like, the, the choices that I would make there don't necessarily translate to the choices I would make here. And of course, trusting the DM is always the best idea anyway, because yeah. obviously this would not have worked with any other character. Right, 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 right. Well, and it's the sort of thing where if like, if you said you didn't have a, any, any idea of where to take Flapwing next, and if I didn't have anything in my pocket, then I would have been more amenable to that idea. But of the fact course. that I do have Flapwing backstory things in the mill um, that are still, 
you know, churning up to pay off down the line. That was basically just me asking you to trust me that yeah. interesting stuff will still happen. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but the, on the flip side, if you had, if you had pushed me about it, then we could have figured something out, but yeah, yeah, you know, I, so it's, it's, I, I don't want to give the wrong idea that I was like, no, you have to, <laughs> you're stuck um, on this. <laughs> yeah. You're, <laughs> you're gonna um, lock you in the dungeon and feed you yeah. words twice a day until the podcast oh, is done. Right. We're going to chain you to your mic setup. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, no, it's very much a, a communication thing, which is, again, another great piece of advice for any D&D game and any relationship between players and DMs is just talk about stuff. Right. Um, so, yeah. Someone else want to roll another D20? I believe it's my turn. I'll roll. I got a five. Five. Um, okay. Uh, this question is from the Buse Cube on Discord. And uh, I guess this is another question for me and Tom. Um, how are we incorporating the revised 5e cosmology with things like the Phlogiston is now the Astral Sea, um, etc.? That's a great that, question. That is a great question, and we've talked about it. At um, significant length. <laughs> correct. There are plans. Uh, so, there are plants. So what I will say is that um, Voidfair is obviously set in our homebrew version of the Spelljammer setting. Um, our take on looking back on the second edition and how we would adapt it to fifth edition. So as it stands now, you're right. Crystal Spheres and Phlogiston do in fact exist. And uh, as for how we're incorporating the new stuff, uh, listen in and find out. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> So. It's, uh... Uh, and I will, I, I will add, clues are being dropped. Mm. Ooh, spicy. Put you on that one. Um, <laughs> all right, someone else roll another d20. I before think I it's my turn. Away. Before I give too much away. <laughs> uh, I rolled a 16. 16. All right, this is from patron and Discord user Max. Thank you for the question, Max. Max says, you guys have now been playing your characters for a few years. How did you initially build your characters, and what would you do differently today, knowing more about them? If anything. Question. Um, I uh, really enjoy creating unoptimized characters. Um, it's so much more interesting for me to try and find ways to survive and thrive without having like a plus 13 in something. Um, you know, when I crit, I do like eight damage, which is very exciting for me. Uh, so I have to find like <laughs> other way, like, you know, I'll shoot the chain so he can't pull it anymore. Or, you know, I'll carry around this phlogisterite for three years in real time so uh -huh. that I can eventually yeah, use yeah, it yeah. somewhere to, or, you know, I carried around a sandwich so that I could throw it at a monster at one point. Right. <laughs> didn't I? Um, that sounds, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, but so, so I don't think I would change anything mechanically with the way that I built Flapwing. Um, but I would change how precious i was with his backstory because i kind of built his backstory as a very uh like he's got some real personal shit that happened in his backstory and it is absolutely not within the scope of the game like there's shit going on in my backstory that i doubt nick will ever touch on which is totally fine because i mean you shouldn't expect them to you know pluck every single piece out of your backstory and put it in the game you but should i assume nothing Oh shit! <laughs> well, then maybe I shouldn't give away what I was going to give away, like his his big desire in life. Um. Well, okay. Well, never mind. I would do nothing different. <laughs> I would trust. 
trust my DM. Trust the process. Yeah. Trust, trust the process. Uh, <laughs> hey, you did bring Merrick in. I never thought that would happen. Yeah. And now he's become, he's become the, Fon- the Fonzie of the show. I know. Merrick, <laughs> it, it's just that Merrick just ended up being just so fucking fun for me to role play because he's just the adorable himbo. The smallest uh, himbo. The smallest himbo. Just a little guy. Um, no, and it's it's really fun playing like kind of dumb characters for comic relief just because it's like, what's the kind of like stupidest, uh, funniest thing I can have happen? Yeah. Um, and Merrick is just the right doofus to like hit <laughs> the comedic timing on every possible moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. But it's fun. Um, and it's um, fun to role play with Saker as uh, Merrick and, and Flapwing. <laughs> They're a good duo. They got chemistry. They do. Uh, I love them. So. Um, mine will be pretty quick because um, really all things considered, I wouldn't change much of anything. Um, I think Marco is more or less what I wanted him to be. Um, maybe there's a couple of things in like spell loadout that could have been a little bit more beneficial, but similar to Saker. Like I think targeted it's more... spells? Yeah, but I think that's more fun. <laughs> Like, be uh, honest right. with you, it's more fun that I don't have them, because if I just completely maximized everything about my character, I don't think that that's a fun character to play. I like yeah. characters with flaws, or whenever you need a targeted spell, and all you have is Ice Knife, and then, like, a multitude of area of effect spells. Uh-huh. So, I personally like that. Um, it, it does make things re- really interesting. Marco just likes <laughs> the boom. And... <laughs> In truth, there is a couple of spells, like, even on my sheet that I just flat out don't use, but even some are honestly there more for flavor for myself than anything, like, um, oh, what is it, Unseen Servant, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. basically functioned as, I need an extra pair of hands while I'm working in my little tower whenever I was, uh, well, Marco was on Toral. But in terms of the character, I think that Marco evolved a little bit differently than what was originally intended, but I like where it went. Um, I don't think I initially intended him to be so neurotic. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, he's a, he's an neurotic mess and I did intend a little bit of that to be in there, but I think that it really started to become a much more natural thing for Marco. That's kind of how he evolved was to be a bit more of that, like kind of manic person who's coming up with 20 different ideas as everyone else is kind of like sitting there just waiting for him to finish. Um, so yeah, I, I actually really like the little things that changed for Marco. I actually think changed for the better from what my original vision was. And it would be minimal, minimal, minimal things in the mechanics design that I might have changed and done differently, but that's it. Yeah, I think Marco has turned into a very relatable character because everybody knows somebody like Marco if they are yeah. not Marco themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do think that it's a kind of, universal or like almost universal rule of character development that like the most extreme and like most relatable traits and especially if there's like extreme but relatable traits tend to be exaggerated over time and then kind of like if zero pushback happens we'll just like take over that's like the classic sort of like flandersification effect (laughs) (laughs) um I don't think anyone on this show is flanderized, but I mean, you definitely see that like the characters have become somewhat more sharply defined over time, which a lot yeah. of that is exactly what you want. That's like what makes the characters fun and interesting. And you kind of like find the stuff that works and play the hits. And there's absolutely nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. 
it's this sort of like natural selection you know like because you have like the bits and mannerisms and aspects of their character's personality that work and then those things expand and become more of that character while like the the things that you try don't you know so like that makes a lot of sense yeah it's just how it is um and that's something to think about i guess for people doing characters is just like be aware that that happens um and like let it because it usually makes the characters more interesting but like don't let it get completely out of control Fiona, did you did you answer yet? I did not. Um, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for everyone else to go because I often <laughs> jump in first on these questions. So I, I was I was letting everyone else go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, my answer is pretty similar to Saker's, where I wouldn't change anything mechanically, but I would. Uh, so I think I've talked about this before um, on one of these, where like I feel like one of the big um problems i ran into with ravness early was um i sort of made her a little too comfortable with being alone and that really puts the onus on everyone else to try to like draw her out of her shell um mm-hmm. which i think is kind of, which like you know is i think like i i listen to a lot of like actual plays and stuff and a lot of people do that and it like sometimes works sometimes doesn't um but I don't like putting the onus on other players or the GM or whoever for my character. And that's something I've um, in since then making other actual plays try really hard to avoid. Um, so I would definitely change that and like make her a, like really just more uncomfortable with the status quo, um, mm-hmm. because that's, I think, what's like interesting. So like Ravnus, now it was revealed this chapter that she was like on the run. Um, but she was like, okay, I'm totally fine. Just like taking this job and keeping my head down, never talking to anyone. And that's not like the most interesting choice I could have made. Uh-huh. Um, cause I was like, okay, well somehow she's going to sort of like, um, see like, oh, these guys are like cool and are interested in her and that's going to make her sort of want to come out. But that is, I think too much dependent on factors that I don't personally control. So around like chapter two or three, I started to make ravenous want to be a part of the group and i think that she worked a lot better after that point we're crew yeah we're crew, exactly oh, yeah, yeah. Still um, one of the best lines in the whole show oh yeah Bar um none. it's really interesting you say that i i like i i definitely like agree um but the end result ended up being kind of uh, a progression with ravenous that felt very natural yeah, um, because it makes a lot of sense for her to start off that way, but then Matt na- kind of naturally um, develop a liking for these other characters, and then decide that staying with them um, is better than staying alone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that it worked overall in the podcast, but yeah. it definitely put me in a tough position as like a new actual play person like very early on and also being the very stoic character i thought would be like easy but it ended up being really hard (laughs) on a podcast that is ultimately like a comedy (laughs) right especially one with three characters because like being the stoic person just like you know then it's a little bit of the it was the luck beacon marco show sometimes for a little while (laughs) <laughs> yeah, which was fine, uh, but it definitely makes it like that. I find those like little funny quirks, and she mm-hmm. can still be stoic, but like I can like 
add to the comedy of it. Um, sure. It's definitely been like a learning process just over the whole show with her. And I, you know, love her and, you know, love the process and ultimately like wouldn't change it. But if I was going to like, if I was designing Ravnus now, those are the things I would change because of stuff that, you know, I've learned yeah. along the way. Yeah. I'll drop like a little nugget on people who are like creating characters for like role playing games or like if you're like writing a story or something. It tends to be the case, and it's not a universal law, but it tends to be the case that interesting characters are characters who want things and are unsatisfied with the status quo in some way. Yes. Characters who are perfectly happy with things usually need to have something come along and fuck all their shit up before they're terribly interested. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. That reminds me of a really good uh, piece of advice that I think Matt Mercer said in one of the like Q&A type things that they did for Critical Role was uh, actually when he's defining NPCs, but this works just as well for PCs, is if nothing else, define the characters want, need, and fear. Mm -hmm. And like just as motivators, and if you know those three things, you know basically everything you need to know to bare bones determine what they're going to do in any situation. I think that's really good advice. Yeah. And uh, to elaborate on that, that is something I believe I asked of each of you at the beginning of this campaign. And if I didn't, I've at the very least done that for other campaigns where in addition to your personality trait, bond flaw and all that stuff, I asked those three things. I you vaguely did. remember you doing that, yeah. Yeah, I wrote down all my answers at the beginning uh, of my notebook that I keep on my notes for this show. And yeah, I so, right here as well. so wow. I had um one thing just to quickly add about uh, Ravnus, if I'm allowed to. Yeah. Um, something something that I really love about Ravnus is that Ravnus feels like this shroud of mystery that continues to compel me. Um, even <laughs> just as someone who would like listen to Voidfair on his own time. Um, you know what you're gonna you're more or less know what you're gonna get from Flapwing, you know what you're gonna get from Marco. Um, which is not a bad thing. That that's good. Um, you kind of some you you need those in a storytelling sort of thing. But like Ravnus is compelling in her own way because she's so mysterious. There's so much that you don't know. But whenever you keep getting those little tidbits of that backstory, it keeps compelling you to want to know more. And I think that's one of like the best parts about Voidfair is that like ravenous mystery element. Aw, that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, thank you. That was really nice. Well, of course. Yeah, I think Tanner's 100% correct. On that mushy note, does someone want to roll another <laughs> d20? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll do it. Seven. Seven. Seven is another question from Cliff. Or did we ask one from Cliff yet? We didn't. No, this think... is a this is a question from our patron uh, in Discord user Cliff. Cliff is also the GM of our podcast Cape Chronicles um, that you should all be listening to. And uh, Cliff asks, with the announcement of one D and D, will we be seeing anything from the new playtest materials popping up in Voidfair? Uh, short answer: No, because I haven't read any of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm not also, a poet. Yeah. Cliff was also on this podcast playing Squiddy yeah, this right. chapter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen, I hold a lot of things in my brain. <laughs> here's here's a question for me is it squiddy or squeedy because everyone said it both ways 
Uh, I, I said it. More it. Of a squetty. Squ- it's squetty how I've said it, which is the first way Cliff said it back in the Con on the Cob Live show. But then Cliff started saying it a different way. <laughs> and I decided I wasn't going to change how okay. I was saying it. Okay, so, so that's I'm not how wrong for yeah. hearing it a million different ways. Yes, okay. no, no, that is correct. So it's, in my in my mind, um, all ways are correct. And Cliff can okay. tell you otherwise if I'm wrong. <laughs> it's like uh, lazy-ass George Lucas, because like people would say like Leia and Leah and Millennium Falcon and Falcon. Han and, and he Han. Would, he would just be like, well... You know, depending on where you're from in the galaxy, it's pronounced different. Like, no, that's not, that's not how that works. You're the creator. You have the yeah. answer. But that was his explanation. I love it. Yeah. I, mean, I legitimately like that answer. I think that's good. Same. <laughs> Everyone else can suck it. George Lucas forever. <laughs> also same. Uh, yeah. So, all right. We're getting down to the last few questions. I'm expanding the ranges on my chart. Wait, what was Cliff's um, actual question? Did we answer it? Uh, yeah, it was basically: <laughs> yeah. Are we using any um of the new playtest material oh, oh, for one D and D? And uh, I basically, I uh, yeah, to re, I guess reiterate, uh, I'm not opposed. I just haven't had the time to really dig into it. So as of now, no. <laughs> Fair enough. So, but yeah. All right, so um, this that leaves us with the final question, uh, which is fitting, I think, for the final question. Um, this is another question from Maeve. Um, and Maeve would like to like me to explain the lack of space hamsters this arc and wants to know if they will return. Um, there were space hamsters this arc. They were in uh, the JammerCon one shot thingy. That is true. The clowns. Yeah. So there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the last question. That was the last question. So there. So there. So, so there. there. Yeah, Get ready for more later, I guess. <laughs> there will be Next plenty of hamsters will return in Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like the end of this whole show. It's going to reveal that it was all the space hamsters. Space and hamsters that was, and time. like the whole thing with the beholder was hinted at way before. That's the next hint that this is all yeah. just uh, Mr. Brigham Digby is the big bad evil guy the whole time. <laughs> oh, I, I hope he's doing well in this world. Notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit, that's good. Uh, yeah. So, um, so, um, I guess the last thing, like we we talked a little bit about like how you guys are feeling in so far about stuff, but uh. The last thing I wanted to ask you guys is uh, a lot of things obviously got revealed as we discussed this this chapter and um, uh, a lot of clues that uh, have been picked up along the way have kind of slotted into place. Do you guys have any theories on where things are going? Let me, and let me prepare my nails. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you guys can go whenever you're ready. <laughs> I'll be honest that I don't. I, I don't have any like theories or anything i'm just kind of like along for the ride and i think it's well it's partially because like ravenous has such a one-track mind about things that i try not to like speculate too much and try to think about just like what she would focus on um and that's why my notes tell like a third of the story of (laughs) (laughs) because i only write down stuff that i think that she would think is important 
Um, but <laughs> she's very interested to learn more. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah. So in terms of the game itself, like I'm fairly certain like a good portion of it's been revealed. Like we kind of know who the big bad is. I can kind of get a feeling on where this is going. Um, however, the one area that's still kind of like out there in my mind is still Val's dad. And I think I'm curious how that's going to play in. Um, I do have an off the wall theory on Val's dad. Um, in particular about like, cause all things considered, I would consider like may like we the three characters here are the protagonists. I would consider Val to probably be like a secondary protagonist, like underneath the three mains. Um, so I think that her and her dad are gonna factor heavily into it. I'm going to willing to bet that either Val's dad died fighting the mind flayers, or Val's dad has become a slave to the mind flayers. Mm -hmm. That's my that's my prediction, that's my guess. Interesting. Jesus, <laughs> I, I, I'm, yeah, not not cheeky ones. I don't have a good theory. <laughs> I'm, I'm not good. Happy? Uh, no, that's totally legit. I think that's a great theory. I'm so so bad with theory crafting in general, and I kind of take pride in that because, like, <laughs> it really allows me to enjoy movies and TV shows so much more because I'm yeah. always surprised by what's about to happen. Uh -huh. Um. And, I mean, if you uh, don't have any any theories, you don't need to force it. I was just, yeah, I, I just wanted to know if you if you guys had any thoughts. No, not one. Tom, do you got any theories? <laughs> <laughs> Tom's about to say the most wild shit you've ever heard in your life. Well, Tom, Tom, Tom is privy to all the. Things. Yeah, I know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> um, my theory is that folks will probably enjoy. What's coming up if they've enjoyed what's come before? Tease. Fucking wild. <laughs> if you're stuck with us this long, you might as well write yeah. it. Yeah. You might as well finish. Yeah. <laughs> for the long haul. Well, I think that pretty much puts this episode to bed. Um, we are, in fact, as I mentioned uh, in the mid roll of the last episode, taking a break. Um, so there won't be any new episodes of uh, Void Fair proper. We're not starting chapter seven until the beginning of the new year um that gives us some time to uh get our feet back under us and get a couple episodes in the tank and um and generally just take a breather because uh, <laughs> it's been a long chapter so thanks for bearing with us on that there will be an interlude episode or episodes perhaps um in the interim so keep an eye out for those and those will drop when they drop yep haven't thought about them yet <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, with that, thanks for listening. Whatever questions we decided to cut from this, you can catch over on Patreon if you are a patron. Uh, and you can go to patreon.com slash project derailed to check that stuff out. Um, it really helps us out. And um, yeah, I guess uh, see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, should I kill it? Kill yeah. it.
Greetings and salutations, my friends! We've come through the cracks once again, keeping you up to date about our Rebels of the Waste. If nothing else, remember this. The moment you've dried up, you're forever gone from this world. If we pull something more impressive off, then that leads to better jobs later. Or we get the shit kicked out of us, and uh, we don't do this anymore, so... Honey, when have we actually got the shit kicked out of us? I mean, we come close, but like, actually losing? Nah, I don't think so. I like those odds, then. Let's do it. I thought that was a foregone conclusion. What awaits our daring outlaws? Find out on... Fables Around the Table. Brass. Why do you want to be a hero? Yeah, she's gonna sort of, like, uh, drop down out of the sky and try to kick him, like, you know, square in the chest. Look, I don't know what you're fucking trying to do here, but I don't make deals with enemies who put grenades in a box like they're the $5 movie bin. Release, Miss Terry, or you all will be the ones that are extinct! I don't know if I can have an honest conversation with Royale as a corgi. You're right, it's fucking not funny. I mean, literally no one would find this funny. Remix, use the dragon filter, that would make it funny. It's just like man standing emoji. Just T-posing in the corner. <laughs> Who is your contact? Benchmark. Who? Hey, I just need Buzz Nest for like one minute, and then you guys can go back to whatever you were doing. Check out Season 2 of Cape Chronicles starting Wednesday, October 5th, every first and third Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. File folders contain important information. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely. Didn't know at all the people. That was crazy. Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell. Why? Well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies. Justin McElroy. Grab your tongue. Grab your tongue, and I want you to say Our "born tongue. on a pirate ship." Born on a pirate ship. You were born on a pile of shit, and many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So. Uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. ProjectDerailed.com